for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, happy Thursday, happy April Fool's Day, I guess. I hope you're having a good start to April. We've got Easter coming up this weekend, which is really exciting. Um, I'm actually staying in the city. My boyfriend, who I've told you guys before, is producing that Netflix show out in LA because of like all these COVID rules. It doesn't look like I'm going to be able to go out there with him for a while, at least anyways. So I am staying local, but we're still going to go to a nice brunch. He's back before he leaves again. Um... And I'll probably go to church in the daytime, but it'll be nice. I'm happy. It's spring in the city now. Easter's always such a pretty time, so it's it's going to be a good weekend. Um, one thing that's been coming up a lot in conversations with people is this drug Lexapro or like the antidepressant discussions. I was thinking about having maybe an expert come on the show and talk to us about that and opening up the conversation. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like most people I'm talking to are like, oh yeah, I just started this. Things are great. So I'm like, hmm, got to do a little investigating and see what's going on here and learn more about it. All right. Now, before we get into our top stories of the day, I have Jared Freed coming on. He is the best. Honestly, his interview felt like I was on one of those, you know, those dates where the conversation just flows freely. He is funny, cool, smart, sexy. He does have a girlfriend though, ladies. I'm sorry. Um, but I think you're really going to enjoy him. All right, now let's get into the show. Let's start with our market minute of the day. Today, we're going to be covering this Argos Capital story, the hedge fund that is like bringing down all these U.S. banks to their knees right now. Okay, so interestingly enough, I used to cover Bill Huang, who's the founder of Argos and the guy in all the trouble right now. So when he was at Tiger Asia, which he spun out from Tiger Global. So think of a spin out in terms of like Jay-Z and Kanye. So Jay-Z was Tiger Global. Kanye came in and worked super successfully under Jay to the point where like Kanye was recognizing his own talents and wanted to do his own thing, right? But Jay, aware of Kanye's talents as well, like didn't want to lose him completely. So he, quote unquote, spun Kanye out, a.k.a. like funded his own business. So Julian, the CEO of Tiger Global, originally spun out Bill Huang and gave him Tiger Asia. Now, like I've said before, Tiger Global is sort of like the grandfather hedge fund on Wall Street. They're one of the biggest and most sophisticated. It's the type of shop that would pay guys 10 mil a year when you're just an employee, like you're not even a partner. Like that's how powerful these guys are. Now, let's back up this story to sort of where it really started to get juicy, which was in 2012. So Huang gets nailed for insider trading. He shorted three bank Chinese bank stocks on inside information and the SEC, which we've talked about before, they're basically like the police for Wall Street. They fined him $44 million, so he had to pay it back. Now, for anyone who has covered the Asian markets before, they move like wildfire. Their whole market, their uh, NASDAQ or their New York Stock Exchange, it's literally like a daily GameStop ticker. It's wild. It moves really, really fast. It's super volatile. Um, but yeah, like a lot of money can be made. So this guy, Bill Huang, the one who got charged, cl they closed down Julian or, or Chase Coleman must have closed down Tiger Asia. And... Bill goes out, raises money. He clearly has a lot of money on his own if he's able to pay fines like that, or I don't know if Tiger had to pay that. But he opens up this new family office called Argos. Now, a family office is basically a hedge fund, but with fewer clients. 
and clients with like a lot of money um and you're just managing less like it's more you know who you're talking to kind of thing so like the rockefellers probably have their own hedge fund and they call it a family office and it's probably a whole business that operates just like their extra cash to be honest anyway so this guy bill though obviously extremely good at talking the talk because to not only to like get people to invest that kind of money in you right that's like one thing but then he goes out and he gets lines of credits from all the big banks like Goldman, Credit Suisse, uh, Numara is not really in their game, but Goldman, Credit Suisse, big, big, big banks. Like you you can't just be any Joe, Joe Schmo and walk in there. Actually, Goldman, this guy was blacklisted and Goldman across the board said we're not doing business with him in 2018 because obviously he's done a lot of shady stuff and something came through it's you know probably money goldman probably he bill probably offered them like a really high fee on managing their money for a line of credit who knows or maybe he took out a big uh line of credit at a really high um interest rate like who knows what the details of the deal were but he was in business with all these guys all right let's fast forward now to last week a Wall Street research analyst puts out this report saying Viacom, you know, it's a big publicly traded company, was basically overvalued. And when research analysts um, say these things or put like a sell rating on a stock, it can move the market. Poof, the stock dipped. This was very bad for funds with heavy exposure in Viacom like Argos. So the, the bank basically came calling for the money. They came to Bill. They said, we need your money to cover. Bill's like, I don't have the money. And boom, guess who's left holding the bay? the bag these banks so these banks i think credit suisse was down like 12 percent, and and it was moving it was moving markets so basically the story here is these banks were idiots they put a lot of people in jeopardy by giving this shady trader lines of credit like nomura which again is more like b level compared to like a goldman or credit suisse they have like two billion to pay back because like i said they're the ones left holding the bag on those lines of credit it's the bank's fault. Why are you giving this kind of money to a guy who's already been nailed for insider trading at that level? I don't know. It's a crazy story. Here's my cake in this. I don't think this is a standalone story. I think a lot of this, I know a lot of this stuff goes on and it's not like GameStop. It's not like the retail traders. These are the guys that are supposed to be smarter than everybody else. And like they're getting in this kind of deep shit and it affects the bank it affects the market and it's all based in greed i honestly i applaud this bill guy for his like storytelling con man skills it's just mind-boggling what he's done and managed to get away with this far I, I assume he's going to jail now we'll see what happens like he's obviously on everyone's radar but yeah scary stuff um so i'll be following the story closely all right guys now the top story in celebrity news is this whole jen shaw fiasco now you guys know i'm only a housewives of beverly hills fan but i actually watched a few episodes last night of the housewives of salt lake city which she's literally the star on she's sort of like the i call her the dorit kemsley or the one of the bigger characters on the other franchises because um, i wanted to understand the story a bit better and, and where it was coming from so Again, another one of these reality show people living some super over-the-top, opulent life on camera. Well, eventually you're going to piss the wrong person off. Now, on the show, this Jen is like decked out in the most ridiculous new money look. And yes, could that be part of her character? And wondering about that. But then you start asking questions, right? So you see on the show her husband's like a basketball coach at the University of Utah. Well, honey, we all know that a guy on that salary isn't buying a $10 million ski chalet in Deer Valley. 
Which brings up the next question. Well, what do you do, Jen? And where does all this money come from? Like she gets like nail polish that's only Chanel, like pays thousands of dollars, like just like money that's, it doesn't make sense. Well, Jen would always vaguely answer that she works in marketing. Well, on Tuesday, she was charged running a nationwide telemarketing fraud scheme. The Justice Department in a statement announcing charges of conspiracy to commit wire fraud and money laundering. They alleged that Jen Shaw, uh, who's 47, I actually thought she was a bit older than that, and her first assistant, and this guy's on the show, Stuart Smith, he's 43. They were in like some Lamborghini driving around together laughing. So the charges are saying that these two conspired to defraud older and computer illiterate people by operating a multi-state telemarketing and in-person sales teams that would sell essentially like non-existent services. So this alleged scam began in 2012. Wow, 2012 was uh, quite the year for financial scandals and continued until, you know, this week, 2021, according to the Justice Department. The cake here is simply, she's guilty. She's annoying. She's a bragger. She makes normal people feel bad about their normal lives while living this fake life. I was literally watching the party that she threw in the first episode thinking like, that sucks. Like, I would love to be at that level where I could throw these parties. Well, not at the expense of other people and doing shady, shady things. I am glad people like this are getting caught. I don't think it's fair to the rest of us. And it just makes everybody feel so bad. And I don't think this woman cares. Like, you don't go on. If She wanted fame. She wanted more than her life was. But you can't, like I said, do it at other people's expense. Cake for Breakfast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey guys, I wanted to take you on a personal journey that I have been on the past year, and that is therapy. Now, I'm the type of person who used to judge people for going to therapy. I thought it suggested a kind of weakness, a character. So when things got tough, instead of examining my emotions, I'd swallow or push them down, often using extreme exercise as a means to avoid emotional introspection. Yes, I might have been that girl in a boxing class in New York City that accidentally punched somebody in the face once. My therapist argues in a rage. I'm telling you, it was just an accident. (laughs) Anyway, well, the joke is on me because after I turned 30, I started to recognize patterns in my behavior that were really starting to affect my relationships with people. So I looked at the situation and thought I could either spend the next decade repeating these behavioral problems or I could switch things up and start working on myself and stop blaming everyone else around me for my problems. So how do we do this? Better help. It's the new and improved therapy and best of all, millennial friendly. Okay, this isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Now, let's talk about this for a minute because this was a huge fear of mine. What if I got matched with someone I didn't like? Well, there is no awkward in this game. It's just at the click of a button, you can be switched to somebody else in minutes. Now, I want you guys to take a serious look at your life. And if there is literally anything bothering you or something you're trying to get through, maybe it's a breakup and those are the worst, we all know. Maybe you just had a baby in your home all day and you need someone to talk to. This is where BetterHelp comes into play. So please visit BetterHelp, B-E-T-T-E-R, help, H-E-L-P, dot com slash cake and join over a million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Cake for Breakfast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash cake. 
and you'll be talking to somebody in less than 48 hours. I really encourage you guys to give it a try. Shoot me a DM if you want to talk about it, talk about my experience, or if you need any help getting online, I'm there for you. And now let's close with all these financial scandals we talked about. I am really excited to get into the show today with Jared Freed. Welcome, Jared. Now, before we get into the show, if you haven't already liked, commented, and subscribed to Jared's YouTube channel, please do so and watch his special. If you haven't, you're already behind the ball. It's called Jared Freed. Socially distance, of course. And it's free. And it's so funny. I love free. the Uber. It's free. Thank you. It's free. I love the Uber jokes. I love the mask, broth, uh, just so much funny stuff in there. I feel like you literally write your comedy for women, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 maybe that's, um, I'm, I'm writing about what I'm annoyed at, and it seems that I match with a lot of women's uh, frustrations. So I, um, I'm just happy anyone likes it. You know, I, it's, it's there to connect, and it, I think like, Oh, the whole special, I appreciate you talking about it, but the whole special is really just about 2020. It's 35 minutes of material about 2020 and kind of the social anxieties that went through it. And I think a lot of us feel like we're not allowed to say we had a hard year because we know people who had harder years. Mm -hmm. And that's really not healthy in itself either. So I think if you're someone who is like you like to go out you want you saw some friends during this you felt a little guilty about seeing some friends you wore the mask you think people who don't want to wear the mask in any situation are crazy you think people who yell at people for not wearing masks are a little crazy too <laughs> if you're somewhere in the center of things and you kind of go back and forth and ping pong between your feelings and and anxieties this year then you're going to connect with the special so and it's on youtube it's there for free because it's really one topic it, like it just only 2020 material and it's taped on new year's eve so it kind of like makes sense and it's so funny i'm definitely one of those people who like got covid so like anytime someone's like oh my god 2020 sucks i'm like did you have covid mm. did you suffer covid <laughs> so i'm definitely milking it on that end and yeah you're a survivor <laughs> I'm a survivor and you produced the whole thing so was this uh something you'd been building for a while or how did this come together Basically, um, when everything got shut down, when, when comedy clubs got shut down, you know, I go on stage every night. This was I your would pivot. Go on stage, well, kind, a little bit. I, I would go three times a night on stage every night. Mm -hmm. And that's what most, if you're a comic in New York, that's what you're doing. So it's it was frustrating because you lose a part of your life. You have to sit at home. You're not used to that. Just kind of feeling a little worthless. And then you start to come out of quarantine. People are doing shows on street corners and outdoors at farms and wineries and breweries as the summer kind of starts. And you can't go on stage and be like, so dating, huh? <laughs> like you can't really you have to address that, like we're in a event that everyone is dealing with. So I started doing material about what I was thinking and what I felt like a lot of people may be thinking that might, they might not feel comfortable saying to everybody. Right. And I, um, and trying to make fun of that. And I got to like 20 minutes of material by the fall. And I was like, if I can push this to 30 minutes, now I have a piece mm -hmm. and I can put it out there. And I don't think there's very many people out there with something like this. Uh, and and stand up like gets written in chunks and it takes a lot of time and it takes takes a lot of 
physical effort. You have to go on stage. You can't just write the bit and then go, well, this works. You don't know until you go on stage and start talking through it. So you have to look good because it's filmed. You're not just walking on, walking off. Like there's just so much. (laughs) Absolutely. And and it's just, it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're chipping away at a stone and trying to make something out of it Mm -hmm. so that everyone sees the same thing. So you know, when I got to that amount of material and I was like, I hope a year from now we're not talking about this. I hope a year from now it sounds like I'm talking about old stuff if I'm talking about the coronavirus. Like, I hope we're so beyond it that it that this does get old. So I was like, let's put it out. Let's see if people react. And it's been really nice. Like, you know, I really appreciate that you loved it. Because loved it, means it. a lot. Loved it. And one of my friends who I think you know as well, Kelly Foss, uh, she's from The Millennial Minimalist. She's She sent it to me originally. She's like, I've watched this twice already. I'm like, okay, Kel, settle down. <laughs> like huge, Very cool. huge fan over there. So before uh, we get more to the comedy stuff, can, I would love to learn a little bit more about you, your background, where you came from, where you went to school, uh, and just give us a bit, bit about yourself. Grew, grew up outside of Boston, suburb called Needham, went to Penn State. Uh, was an econ major, graduated, wanted to just work in New York, didn't really know what I wanted to do, started selling life insurance and cold calling (laughs) and stuff like that. And then there was a point where I was like, I I, I was getting to that point like 24, 25, where you're like, what am I doing? What do I really want to do? And the best part of my day was writing like a funny email to friends and like being on a group email and like having someone like go off the email chain and be like, oh, hey man, that was so funny, I'm dying at my desk. And I was like, okay, how do I do that every day of my life? And so from there, I I had some savings, and I was like, let's do this. Let's let's uh, let's go take a shot, you know. So I I started. I treated comedy kind of like grad school. I took I like took every class. I I really wasn't embarrassed. I I, I tried my best to not be above anything. So like you were taking you know, comedy classes. Sorry. So you were working in like a insurance sales job, and then you were doing comedy mm-hmm. classes on the side to learn and prove your skill. No, I. I left. I was just like, I'm done with this. I'm oh, going to cool. be, I'm going to be a comedian. I was like, however this ends up, like it's like a, I was like sink or swim. I yeah. can't half do this. Um, and you know, I'm in a lucky position where I was able to do it. So like not a lot of people have that opportunity. So I was like, take the opportunity I have, let's do it. Let's treat this like grad school. Let's treat this like a four year thing. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm, if four years from now, I don't really see anything, you know, if it's not material, I don't think it would have taken me four years to realize this ain't materializing. Like I, I just, I'm not the type of person to like stay in bed all day and not like treat something like a job. So I treated it like a job from day one. And I took like sketch writing improv. Um, I met with like a guy who does stand up and just like paid him to like give me advice. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did open mics every night and I started submitting articles places because to me, the great thing about online, you know, as you're seeing with the podcast and, you know, the, the, you know, online lets you find the audience, you know, lets an audience find you yep. like people and you don't have to wait for somebody to go, oh, you're the next, next fresh face because no one was really going to ever do that for me. And I couldn't really wait for that. So yep. I was like, let's put stuff online and be consistent and yeah. And on and on. So then, and then just like, 
doing anything that I thought was funny and then dropping it when it really wasn't working because things don't work sometimes. And then you got to let it go. Well, Mark Cuban famously says he'll never invest in somebody's side hustle. Either go broke and go all in or stick to what you're doing because he doesn't want to do that. So 20, so when did you land Philosophy then? Because that must have been a huge booking. That was, was that around that time? Like when had you left and then you book an MTV <laughs> show? Like that sounds like it worked out pretty quickly. Well, it was, again, like it, it, it can... <laughs> it's not like I, I that's never really happened for me that way I understand what you're saying mm -hmm. I understand like it, it's never like philosophy is a was a panel show and I was allowed to be a panelist and like if you go look at like who was on it it's kind of crazy like Nicole Byer um and Hassan Minaj were both Hassan Minaj was the host yeah. like he to me like he landed the job. Wasn't like Nikki Glaser got, on it too? Like there was, I'm sure she was. Yeah. Like that we had they had multiple panelists. It was all like young New York City comics yeah. that like they put on the panels. And I the only reason I was on that show is because I made a video um, called If Facebook Invites Could Talk. So if Facebook Invites Could Talk was a just a and that was me with a buddy. Um, where they used to, they don't do this anymore, but a big thing when, uh, like a million years ago now, I feel like I'm a hundred years old was that you'd get a Facebook invite and it was like really used to see if people would come to your birthday party. Yeah. It totally and was. It, it totally was. And people would like comment and like the Facebook invite became kind of this little, little like, uh, ecosystem leading up to this party mm -hmm. and i remember men and you know men of a certain age 20 you know 22 year old dudes would send a certain type of if of facebook invite for their birthday and then um certain type of women would send a certain type of facebook invite oh for i had birthday. like and the I, derby jessica divine's derby birthday party please dress up like i did the whole totally. elaborate if you're not wearing like a hat please don't come here's the rules <laughs> like the whole you're thing. literally you are literally reading lines from this video because I, I am reading a friend of mine's Facebook invite in a woman's voice. Oh, like I'm so making funny. fun of it. And my buddy who we used to do a lot of videos together, he was like, you got to make that. We should make that into a video. I'll put your face in the invite and it will be you talking as the woman will dress you up as a woman, whatever. And I'm like, great. And I remember it was Britney's birthday bash. And in, if you're not blacking out, don't fucking come. And <laughs> like it was shit like you're saying, just like you're saying, like, don't because the Facebook invites were so aggressive. They were like, if you're not, if you're not in the hat, puking by 11, if you're not participating. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got to participate. So it was such a um, wait. What happened to those? Because those just sort of went away. But those were like epic, right? Like those yeah. were a thing. <laughs> I and and so I made this video called "The Facebook Invites Could Talk." And Krista Stefano, who's a super great comic and a friend of mine, I was like, "You play the dude. We'll do a guy one. We'll do a a, a girl one." And like you know, to be fair, I'm making fun of. Guys ones are bad too. It's like, yo, fucking we're getting drunk. Like they're like, you know, <laughs> calling out some one dude, like making fun of him in front of everyone. So we did the guy one. We did the female one. I think it's more embarrassing then, for the guys. Girls get a pass. They get a birthday week, a birthday month. Guys putting that sure. out. Okay. <laughs> Listen, I'm not here to say who had it worse. I'm saying they're both ridiculous. And yes. so I made this video with my friend. And then they were going to they wanted to put that type of they wanted to make a segment of their show with Facebook invites talking. Mm -hmm. 
And they were basically going to lift the idea, I think. And uh, then I got wind of it, and I was like, well, I'll come on. You know, that was – they're like, no, we want you to come on. So, like, again, like, nothing has ever been like, you got the part. Got like, it. You know, you know, like, it's so I was just on a couple episodes, and it was fine. And, you know, it, it's nice. You get to, like – I was nervous as hell because I never, like – Listen, like I am you not quick an actor. jokes. The guy with the grills. You're like University of Arizona, buddy. Like that was a pretty good. I thought that was pretty I, funny. Thank you. I mean, I was nervous. It, it just was like such a not like to me. It was like a learning experience, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and and it's not, I never really talked about it. Like it was just so there were so many comics. Not, like I'm like to me, it was just another thing. Like yeah. I, I uh, it didn't, you know, and. I've always concentrated on like, okay, I got to be funny in my way and I have to put it out directly to the people because again, like I've never, like I would love to say that like I got hired by philosophy, but it did, even that felt like I snuck my way in because I made a video, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and I don't try to say that to sound like a douche, but it's like, like, it's like, um, had I not made the video, it doesn't happen. Like, I remember I went and met with MTV. They have these things called general meetings. And I remember it was right. General meetings are like you go and you just talk about what you're doing so that they know you. Yeah. I think it's a way of a lot of these networks to sound like they had a meeting that day. Like, you know, oh like my God. I mean, I pitched two shows before and like going to the I actually pitched MTV something and they're all like sitting there with their coffee, checking their phone. And this is like I'm like, oh, my God, this is so huge for me. And they're kind of like, OK, yeah. cool. Checkbox. Expense the lunch. We're off. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, exactly. Just fill the calendar and tell my boss I met with someone like it's, you know, the job of people at TV. This is why podcasts are getting so huge and why they're all independent. And this is why YouTube, like all this independent stuff is getting big because independent people take chances. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, that's why the TikTok pages that blow up are just original TikTok pages. It's not like brought to you by Subaru. Like people have jobs to not lose them, not to get better jobs is what you find out. And I, so this is all to say that I, I just, I would sit in those general, I remember MTV, like when I first was started doing that stuff, I came in like a full suit. Like I came like button up shirt as if I tie, I was, I was going like I was going to insurance job. Like, and, and then they kind of laughed at me and they were like, what are you doing? I was like, Oh, I thought like I'm here for the meeting. Like this is a big deal. Like it is. Yeah. I don't under. I. I. To me, what are you doing? You know, like I'm like. You know? But you kind of have to realize that like the hard, kind of the hard part about entertainment stuff is like, I don't know. I. I. You. You kind of get. Sometimes people look down on that. They're like, oh, he takes himself too seriously. It's like, no, I want to do funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm here for a meeting. So I. It. it it's been a lear- For me, it's been a learning experience of like try to like. Like something, I take comedy really seriously and take doing it and doing it as a living seriously. But then you have to like remember, you're like, you got to look like you're having fun doing something that everyone would love to be doing, you know, because. Yeah. It's, and uh, you guys, as we know, um, if you don't if, if you don't think he takes comedy seriously, this guy's girlfriend is sitting there and he's doing three shows a night. How many days a week in like the real world? <laughs> every night that's dedication right that's dedication right. to the craft that's what it is but that's what it is and i'm not alone I, there's I'm, I'm one of many that do this yeah. like everyone 
anyone you know of has done it, is doing it, is is busting their ass, mm-hmm. you know? So I consider you one of like the OGs in podcasting, such, you know, new form. <laughs> how did, like, starting the J Train, how did that come about? And then you connected with Betches. Did you pitch them? Did they pitch you? Sort of how did the whole podcasting thing come together? And are you more podcaster first, comedian first? Because you're such a huge podcaster, but I know comedy is your passion. <laughs> so where do you sort of sit in that well, I hope I hope that the co- the podcasts are funny. I'm a comedian who has a podcast or has many podcasts now. I yeah. laugh when you, you say I'm an OG. Oh. I, well, you've I, been I, here I, since G Train's 2018, right? I I um two thousand no longer 2012. What? Oh 13? wow. Okay. Yeah. Um. You you know you get better at these things. You know, like from your first episode. You know, I, I would listen back to the first one and be like, oh my god. You know, I'd be like, what am I? What am I sounding like? What am I saying? Like so many ums, you know, the jokes K, suck. K, you know, K, K. Yeah, K, K. all that stuff. <laughs> and I'm, I'm still that way. I like to let people know I'm listening, but, and I'm, I'm always the person going, sure, sure, sure. And people hate it. Um, but I, I, I like it as a, for the guest. But that's another story. Um, it, I laugh when you say the OG of, of, of podcast because I thought I was late when I started. So... For anyone out there, it's never, you know, if you're thinking of starting one, it's never too late. It's never, you know, because when I started mine, I'm like just another guy with a podcast. Like, but that's how people feel now and how people feel that felt then. You so felt it that way in matter. 2012? Yeah, because I, so I'm growing up. I, I love talk radio. I love talk radio. Howard um, Stern's your guy? Um, more sports talk in the Boston area. And then I like I ha- I went through a Howard Stern phase. I love obviously he's amazing, but I loved um, his interviews. And then I started listening to like I was going to work every day, and I would go. I was taking like the Apple Mini, the the Nano, mm-hmm. filling it up with radio shows because podcasts were on there. But I was like, what is this? And I started searching, and a lot of the podcasts were just taped versions of radio shows. So I was like, okay, I can fill my podcast, my my iPod up in the morning mm-hmm. at, from the radio shows from the day before. And I would go to the gym and I'd listen to, you know, radio shows because I love talk radio. Then, like, a lot of these podcasts started having Bill Simmons. Uh, you know, he now has Ringer Network. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, I'm listening to these and I love radio and I love a conversation. And I do think I know what goes into, like, making a fun show and, and making it punchy and, you know, and so I was doing comedy and I was like, I want to start a podcast. I want to start a podcast. But I didn't, again, just like you're saying, I, I thought I was late. Well, so I was like, I feel like I'm in the mix I- in 2020 starting mine. So now I'm like, shit. <laughs> Don't, but my, I'm, I'm, my, my purpose is to be encouraging. I, cause like you're never, it's always going to feel late. So just do it. Just do you it. You know, like, so I, I remember thinking I was so late to the party that I was like, I got to find a website that doesn't have a podcast and I'll be their podcast. Yeah. So I started pitching. Um, I remember because I was writing stuff for Bro Bible. What about Barstool? Total- Barstool comes to mind for you. You're Boston sports guy? They, we've never connected. No. I tried and tried and tried. And if, for whatever reason, it's never really happened. I remember emailing them videos that I was making and it always 
fell one time I went in there for a radio show and it just always feels like we misbutton the shirt mm-hmm. me and Barstool because it's I've never been it, it's they all about you, how you're though, introduced you I feel like women freaking love you right and they're like they cater to like the broy guy I actually had an idea for you because I'm a big Dave Portnoy fan you need to be mm. his relationship guy, relationship advice. He's doing his podcast right now, and he's like, I'm dating this girl. I'm dating this girl. I'm like, oh, man, this would be the perfect marriage, Jared and him going out <laughs> together as Winga. You helping him out. I Anyways, mean, that was just a funny thought I had. I, I mean, I would love to. I'm open to all ideas. It's just always felt like, and I think this happens with men, it's, it's always – it's always been easier for me to work with women. And I, I'll tell you about Betches just because I want to be funny in my own way. And sometimes men just don't, um, they're not collaborative that way. It, it, it feels like it's a competition instead of a collaboration. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and sometimes I come off that way. Sometimes I'm, cause I'm loud and I'm a screaming idiot. So like, I, so it's on me too. So I, I don't know. So it just for whatever reason. Well, let's hear about ma- Betches. Betches, excuse me. I love Betches. So how did that sort of yeah. come together? So, so I'm doing the pot. So what I was doing, I went to like got. I went to Bro Bible and was like, hey, I want to start a podcast. They were like, they didn't really know about it. I tried taping a podcast with them. It never worked out. And then I met with Total Frat Move because I went on a bachelor party to Austin, Texas. And I, they had posted some stuff of mine. And so I went on a meeting with them and I was like, Hey, I'd love to host a podcast for you. And they were like, what's a podcast. I was like, great. I'll find a studio. You guys promote it. I'll host it. So then I come back to New York. I go to stand up New York and they're like, we're starting a podcast studio. I was like, great. You're the studio. I'm the host total frat move. will promote it. They have a million Twitter followers. Listen, I, I, I just like that. They had a million followers. I was like, Hey, million people that and again just like i said before finding an audience so then i was like whoever from there likes it i can pull them over i didn't realize at the time i was like teaching people what a podcast was like no no one even knew people thought people they would post about it on twitter and people thought it was articles so i was like okay so now i'm doing this thing called the tfm podcast where right from the beginning i was like i want to take emails at the end and for whatever reason people started asking for advice and which is I was like, I was happy to answer. I'm not an expert. And you were a single guy just, at that time or no? Single yeah. guy. Um, dating, living and life I would bring, in New York. Dating, living in New York. Um, looking back, I'm going through all this new technology with dating as it's coming out. So like I'm one of the original people with these things, mm-hmm. like just my age. So by virtue of my age, not because I'm an expert. Well, no, but I'm Tinder just... was 2013. So that's dropping when you're starting content. Like it's literally the perfect marriage for what you've created, you know? Total, total timing. Yeah. And people started writing in and it's called the TFM podcast, but it's really an advice show. And TFM, you know, podcasts start getting more popular. TFM is like, we want our name back. This show isn't even our show anymore. Like it's your show. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So we amicably, I took the RSS feed. They took the name done. And for those listening, the RSS feed is basically is like money. what put that's what you that's, want. Yeah. That's, that's what you want. <laughs> so okay, who cares about it, the name, whatever. Bye. <laughs> yeah. Take the name. This RSS feed now gets fed to all the phones, whatever that are downloading podcasts. And this is as podcasts are growing. But the problem I had was it was a very male show because now it's called the J Train Podcast, and I'm giving dating advice, lifestyle advice, 
And what? But I, I and I had these men writing in, like we had so few women writing in, in the beginning mm-hmm. that I I create my my producer created a sound that was like chick email with a big <laughs> riff of a guitar, and <laughs> we would thought it was a joke. Like whenever a woman wrote in, I was like, but the the women's emails were just way more depthy and juicy, right? Really juicy yeah. and great and thoughtful. The men emails, especially college men. There were a lot of times they were like, so I met this girl. How do I fuck? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's say, like, yeah. that's yeah. And that's just not interesting. And I can give advice on that, but I'm like, I, I'm not a, I don't think of, I think the whole pickup artist thing is stupid. Like my advice was always like, like a, genuinely not that crap. You know, you can be crass about it. You could be whatever, but it wasn't, it always came down to like, you're going to have to, Fucking put yourself out there. Yeah, you know, like, you're <laughs> you have, have to take a girl on a so, date. Put that button-up shirt yeah, on. Yeah, you're gonna exactly. You're gonna put have a tie to wear on the coat over the button-up. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. How I so lo- then, oh sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh sorry, I was gonna. So Betches, um, I got introduced to them through G- Jewish Geography. Like, um, a friend of theirs, brother knew me. He put together shows in D.C. So then he connected me with them. He said that you should host a show for them in D.C. That I met them. Had them on the podcast. Their episodes were always super popular. Aileen, Sammy, Jordana. And our working relationship kind of started from there because, you know, they're a media company and they're a a comedy powerhouse and they're always looking for stuff. And Mm -hmm. I was always pitching and I was always like, hey, here's a tweet that I I thought was betchy. And here's a here's an Instagram post I thought was pretty good. And what I loved about working with them is they've always been straight up. They never wasted my time. They'd be like, yes, no. You know, they would say no right away, which a no is as good as a yes, yeah. you know? So I was like, these, I, I really genuinely like, liked the, the, the vibe dynamic we had, the vibe of them. And so one day they called me and they were like, we have an idea. We're going to start our own podcast network and we want to do a show from the guy and female perspective mm-hmm. on dating and modern dating. And and I was like, I kind of already do that with J-Train. They're like, yeah, we have six million followers and <laughs> we think that they'd like this. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's Done. do it. And um, but they the thing is, I've always said that J-Train podcast was was would be for women because mm-hmm. I because I also because I also have so many great comics on J-Train and then like. Um, who and comics and like Hannah Jordana, Burner, hilarious, like people like that are yeah in your. They've of, all been on. Yeah, everybody's been on. Like you, you, you name a comic, they've been on, and it's like, and so then you up is such a great opportunity because now it's like you're in front of six million majority women. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordana is like the perfect co-host. She's so funny. She's gives great advice and also. She never makes me evil, which is like it could be very easy. Like I understand I'm a straight dude talking about things that are like very personal to women in a way that's not as personal to men yeah. generally. So I only looked at my watch. My dad's calling and I got this Apple watch. Well, I heard he was your dad was the one who said you couldn't be a comic. Right. I remember seeing that in your stuff at some point. And you told you told them I want to make people laugh. One of them said yes. The other one was like, what are you doing with your life? My dad was supportive. My mom was more like, what's. <laughs> What is, what is this thing? It was, uh, and I think because moms just generally want like to let, I think moms want to let their friends know that they succeeded as a mom. Yeah. So it's like when, when you say like, oh, my son's a doctor, my son's a lawyer, my son works in finance, <laughs> that you have done a good job. But if, if you say 
My son does. Um, I don't know what the fuck he's doing. You know, it sounds like you failed. But he's and cool my dad and millions of women love him. So, yeah, take well, that. Take well, that, Sally. <laughs> well, after a couple of years, my mom got on board. My mom's like the biggest fan now. But it, it started like, oh, what? What are you doing? You know. So for anybody who is not listening to J Train yet, I like worked on Wall Street and I had a lot of guy friends. And like I would send the screenshots like, does this guy like me? No, move on. Does this guy? What is he? He's crazy. Move on. I feel like that's sort of the connection you have with your audience. Like they can roll in questions like a guy friend would help you out but it's like a little more personal because you don't really know them right that's sort of what I like about it's, it it's very brotherly my relationship with the audience and I like that yeah. like I you know like you know I go to shows and everyone does feel like someone I've met before which is very sweet and it makes me feel good and um yeah when we go through and I think that like the the power of the podcast is that it's anonymous mm -hmm. And we go through these and, and I'm not someone who would go like I would never tell someone he sucks. Dump him. I would give you why is he doing the things he's doing? And I think that's the thing that like a lot of women were like craving. They're like, listen, he's not that into you. It's from another time. Yeah. I need to know the why I need to know what's going on here, because with texting and, and technology, it's so easy to live in vague I like you, maybe we'll see mode. Right. And a lot of guys are using that to their advantage because guys love vague, guys love options, guys love wasting time. And those are three things women generally do not like. They're very much the 10 feet in front of their face and that's it. Exactly. And I think a lot of women are like checking boxes for like, you know, well, could they make a good husband? Yeah. It's like a, the idea that a guy's thinking that way right away is not. Well, like you say, it's like, does this girl, is she okay with this house? Or is she like, that's the house I want? And like, that's sort of what freaks guys out too. Now, um, I know you've covered this before, but this is the one thing that I felt like I dealt with the most with my friends in the 20s, the thank you text. So you go mm. on a date with somebody. It's literally like a group text with five girls. It's honestly like the Facebook book uh, birthday invites. Like everyone has such mm -hmm. a strong opinion. What is your official decision on that? Does a girl send the thank you text after the big thank you so much for dinner? I appreciate it. Thank you. Do you do that or is that being too thirsty? There's no such thing as too anything. Okay. So let me start with that. I don't think there's such a thing. You, you're never too much. You're never too thirsty. You're never too anything. Like, I, I, I really don't like to live in those terms. Um, I think it, like, like to me, like, this is one of those issues that's small, but I understand why it's big. It's like, big. It's huge. It's <laughs> the biggest. It's <laughs> I, I generally believe that you can't figure out the feelings in other people's heads. So you have to be selfish. When I go on a date with someone... And a woman writes, thank you. There's no sense of thirst in that <laughs> text. Yeah, I, I especially... What did Jess say? What did she say? She always says thank you. And did she say she it the said. next morning or did she say it the night of? Would you say it the next morning or the night of? If I had a good time with you and then you left, I would always say thank you for the food. The, the, that night. Yeah. yeah, that night. Got it, okay. I, I don't like think... like a Rubik's Cube, the, this one. It's a tough one. It's it, but it isn't because like, OK, listen, if you had a bad time, you don't have to write thank you. But you sh I, it's generally nice to write thank you. You can write a thank you that lives on its own. Mm -hmm. You can go, hey, thanks so much. That was a great time. It was a pleasure to meet you. Especially what? Especially if they paid. Yeah, I that's agree, a big yeah. part of it, too. So so if they paid that you're just thanking them for the time. Here's the thing. Someone opened up time for you. 
so that is that in itself is a nice thing mm -hmm. to do. Let's let's if you take pride out of it. Okay, who do you want to be known as as a person? The person who says thank you or the person who doesn't? Exactly. That's the thing. Like, that's why I say be selfish with it. Like, when I leave a date, I'm not saying thank you because I'm trying to, like, get that second date all the time. I'm saying thank you first because I want to be known as a person who says thank you after spending, uh, after someone took the time to spend with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, and if you start at that, Look, who am I as the person? Look, the girls' heads, though. It's like, I want to not say the thank you to open up the conversation tomorrow morning because I had such a great time, and I want him to think that, I mean, I know this is quote-unquote crazy, but this is this. these are the conversations that women have. It's not crazy, and I understand, but I'm saying you're playing a game against yourself. True. So I, I, I don't, I understand why someone would do it, and I don't think it's crazy to want to talk to the person the next day that you had a good time with. But my point is to say that if he likes me, I like him is a bad way to date. Mm -hmm. And that is the beginning of doing that. If 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 he thanks me, then I'll thank him. That means he likes me. And, and it's I, a lot of people are trying to figure out if someone likes them. You're never going to know. No. And like is on a spectrum. The guy and, and the guy who wants to fuck you and the guy who wants to be with you, they act the same exact way. So you're never going to know the difference between the two. So why would you care to even figure out that can of worms? How about you? Did you have a good time? Did you enjoy yourself? Do you want to see them again? Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for the date. I had a great time. Would love to do it again. Next day, you want to talk to them again? You know, I was thinking about something you said last night. I just saw blankety blank. If you have something, if you had a good time, then you should be able to have one inside thing from that conversation yeah. to reference the next day to create a conversation. If they don't get back to you, I, I then you have to ask yourself, do I want to date someone who doesn't even want to talk about the thing we talked about last night? There you See have. how the perspective, the, yeah. the, like we, ha we have to change the perspective. That's like the thing. Cause like, I don't think the guy is thinking that way as much. He does. I think a lot of guys think like, oh, I want to make sure like uh, they're, but it's, it's, it's very much, you're never going to win doing it that way. In there my you opinion. have it ladies on the Rubik's cube question, Rubik's cube question of dating. Okay. A couple more questions I have to get sure. through cause they're so funny. Uh, dating in your 30s is like thrift shopping, f but for humans. <laughs> Any advice? I, I just love that question because there's so much truth to it. I I think it's, um, I mean, I've been 30 and dated, uh, and I wouldn't agree with that. But I, I am this also is coming seeing from it from a, woman, so. <laughs> a guy perspective, and I, I understand that because... Yeah. I, so what's the que the question? I'm, I'm just trying. She's to, saying the, any the thing is dating in her 30s is like thrift shopping. But for humans, do you have any advice for me? <laughs> I understand the joke. Yeah. Um, I the, the problem is you're you're one of the shirts in the thrift store, too. So it's so I don't mean to say, and I don't mean it's not, not to be it's not mean. my question. It's a listener's question. <laughs> I, I, no, I understand that. I, I, I understand it's a listener's question, but I'm saying like, so have fun with it. Yeah. Like, like, l listen, everyone has issues. Everyone has their thing, but also realize the things that make you a little quirky, a little bit different, a little bit tough to date. Mm -hmm. Like we're all tough to date. I'm not saying th to this person, but I'm saying yeah, like everyone. when you come, when your perspective is, and I get the joke, when your perspective is all these men are trash who are 30 and still single. Well, it's like, look it's like, look, look at all these crazy people in the insane asylum. Mm -hmm. Well, why are you here? <laughs> you know? So it's, um, you, I, I, so I think like 
having a little um, look in the mirror moment. Mm -hmm. What are the things that, you know, and also have fun with those things. Admit to them, like uh, own them, like enjoy those things that like, and also like some people are single and 30 because they want it to be, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, and understand that you are single and 30 for the best of reasons, not the worst of reasons. You're there because you didn't end up with the wrong people. You're fi- you're trying to find the right person, and the right person is two people that are fucked up in their own ways, fitting together as a puzzle piece. You're gonna be the hot wife at 35, not the hot divorcee at 40, because you made better decisions for yourself. That's right. Um, thoughts on dating fatigue, which is such a real thing, especially now. Sure, stop dating. Go hang out with friends and family. I think everyone needs to readjust their love barometer. And what I mean by that is it's easy to get to like forget what it feels like to feel good. You feel your best with your friends and family. If you're dating and you're fatiguing from dating, go hang out with friends and family. Make nights with them and and feel that. Mm -hmm. Feel those feelings because you I think it's easy to forget like. Oh, what are the things I want to fill fill my cup with? Like, what are the things that make me feel good? Oh, it's when my parents do this. It's when my, you know, my friends do this. So it's like, I think like we all need to like have that reset and, and that can can remind us of like, oh, these text conversations are normal. Yeah, because they're with your friend you've known a hundred years. Yeah, you're looking for someone to have that kind of conversation with too. This is funny. My boyfriend is insecure about how much money I make, but I love spoiling him. How do I get him to feel like more of a man when I'm buying him presents all the time? I would back off, maybe. It's okay. Like, listen, not every, like, you know, take the note from him. He, just because he doesn't want to, I think there could be a difference between, I understand, like, the intimidated by, like, I make more than my boyfriend, but, like, also, it might be that he just doesn't want, gifts you know yeah, like he doesn't like feel maybe, comfortable maybe take... trying to change him too maybe i don't know i i just think like if it's if if it's he won't let me buy me get buy me buy him gifts because i make more money mm-hmm. and that shows it that's not necessarily the line of thinking i have i have maybe he's just like not comfortable getting all these things that he can't afford and he feels like he's wearing the costume of someone else. I say buck like, up, ma- buddy, and enjoy the gifts. Have fun with it. <laughs> yeah, but the, I don't know. That's kind of one of those like things like man up. Like just deal with it. Like men are allowed to have their insecurities as well. Like I, I think like, you know, and also so much of your worth as a man is made through your career. It's not, it may not be, and, and a lot of this is like he's intimidated by me. No, maybe he's intimidated by the lack of success he feels he's had in his own life against his uh, dream scenario. So like the idea that it's like him versus her, like I, I get why that's like the fun, like memeable conversation, but it's also like, you know, a guy is sitting there like worried about the rest of his life. Maybe he grew up in a home where the dad was the provider the whole time. And now he feels that he can't be that in his future. And he feels less than and it depresses him. And it's an actual mental health health issue. Oh, and maybe and his dad pr- is giving him shit, too. I never thought of that. It could happen. Yeah. Or maybe his dad isn't giving him shit, but he feels like his dad thinks less of him because he can't make the money that his dad made. You know, these are all things that are, you know, the, the, the uh, women a lot of times write in about the society stuff and, mm-hmm. uh, and and I admit to all those but there's society stuff on the other side too so when you're just like take the gifts 
You know, it's like, it's more like, it's like, it kind of comes <laughs> off as like, come on, man up, stop being such a wuss, man. Too you funny. Um, this is this is the last one, and then I just want to hit you with a couple cake stories, and we'll be sure. off here. Um, I hate my boyfriend, but also can't live without him. Should I try and get him to change, or is it me? Uh, it's it's the match. You should look at the. This isn't the right match, and maybe you get like a excitement out of being with the wrong guy, and that can happen. Mm-hmm. I, that's happened. That happens to everybody. It could be you can get. You know, the the, lo- the the lust connection is so great that you overlook the practical connection. Um, but this seemingly is not the match. To say you hate your boyfriend like, and, and you need to change him, but it sounds like a lustful thing, and that's never going to last. I feel like, again, the conversation in the 20s with the girls was always like, do I do the text, the thank you text? The conversation is now. I do find that comes up like, oh, my God, I hate – this is what I hate about him, but I can live with it. You know what I mean? Like you're sort of <laughs> yeah. like negotiating with yourself at that point. <laughs> For sure. And you're you're trying to figure out um, a lot of dating stuff is lonely, Mm -hmm. as crazy as that sounds, like where you don't really want to go to anybody. You don't know. You don't know if what you're dealing with is bigger, smaller, you know, or or the same as everyone else. Like you hear like relationships are hard. So you just like assume like your heart is the same as everyone else. But it's maybe your heart is just bad match. Yeah, true. All right, so what, Jared, is your cake in some of the top stories we've been covering on Cake for Breakfast? Your cake is basically your take, J-Lo and A-Rod. I can't believe people are surprised. Me too, I agree with you. A-Rod's a cheater. He was a steroids user. But also, I think, I understand, I think J-Lo, the problem, and this is a societal issue, is that J-Lo right now is is known one her is, is a is known for being 50 and gorgeous mm-hmm. so i think a lot of people and listen i don't believe she's just known for that she's an actress she's a singer she's um she's creates lines of other I, i'm sure she has like she clothing lines all the, botox some people would assume i i she's a businesswoman yeah. and but the first thing people think of is she's 50 and looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that's not really fair because look at how talented she is. But then what a lot of people say is, well, if she's 50 and looks amazing, how could A-Rod do that to her? And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not how people cheat. There's, you know, a- that should show everybody that it doesn't matter what you look like, you can get cheated on. It doesn't matter what you look like, you're worth it to be with. Like, it's not like... You know, so it, to me, it's like I, I see so many women like, how could? And then they start saying like Austin Kroll, like because the, the woman that was in A-Rod's DMs was doing it to like bother Austin. Yeah. And they're like, look at for this loser. And it's like, no, that's no guy thinks that way. Like, this is not like it's not. It's so I hear just a lot of people like, oh, for that. loser. No, no, no. Cheating doesn't happen because of that. It's an it's an excitement that comes between two people and how they look has is like fifth on the list for why those things happen. Totally agree. And don't mean to expose J-Lo, but she was the one who wrote in about buying her boyfriend so many presents. Just kidding. Yeah, that was the problem. <laughs> um, last, Bitcoin. Do you have any thoughts on Bitcoin? Do you like it? Um, do you invest? Do you day trade? I don't do Bitcoin. I don't know enough about it. I, I It reminds me of like when I worked in life insurance sales, they would talk about like the dot-com era mm-hmm. and how everyone... The, I, I think like what's going on right now is a lot of FOMO because I 
I don't know what it is, and I'm an averagely smart human being, and I can't understand it. And I, I get that like anything could be on a market, like there, like like anything could be, a, a, you know, bought and sold. And but it's like, what I do notice is that there's people who know about Bitcoin, who like look like they should know about Bitcoin, like they're almost like. They look like they're like the smartest person you've ever met in your entire life. And you kind of hear from them. But then the loudest people about Bitcoin are also like car sales like guys. Oak, yeah, like Oakley's wearing Mountain Dew drinking uh, dude from Florida. And I'm like, oh, OK, I don't want to be around that guy. <laughs> so I'm like, OK, not not being that you know, hanging with him and listening to his advice. If, if I'm hearing about it, then it's too late. That's the thing. Mm -hmm. Like I, 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 when you sell life insurance, you're in retail investments. Yeah. And what you realize is like the, there's, you know, when that whole thing happened with the, uh, the Reddit stuff, yep. people acted like those were like idiot Reddit people. And it's like, no, they are the most interested. They're like the most biggest fans of the Robin Hood finance. Yeah. Yeah. The Robin Hood stuff. Those guys, those were, those were pretty smart people and they grouped a bunch of people together. They did something that was actually a smart thing. They created their own investment group. And you know, the idea that any of us people, they created like an are, online hedge fund essentially. Basically. Yeah. Right. And so the idea that any of us are like, like the people that are like making this happen are just like somebody who like got a tip through their buddy mm -hmm. it's like it, that might have happened once but it, for the most part these are pretty like s you know um smart people uh, that figured out a way in and it's like and and, if, and then the minute i heard about it you know i'm like oh amc it's like yeah you're late you're, you're not in <laughs> it's moving like wildfire but yeah it's it's you're a little late on the everyone's probably late on those at this point um Thank you so much for your time. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a blast. It was great to meet you. Um, and I, I'm loving your show. Thanks so much, Jared. Now for a quick interruption, I just want to ask something out of you guys. If you were listening to the show today and have not subscribed, would you mind just taking a couple of seconds to do so? It's super simple. I'm going to walk you through it really quick. All you have to do is pick up your phone that you're listening to the show on. Go to the main screen. You should see a purple icon. It almost looks like a satellite dish and it says podcast below it. Once you open that up in the search icon, type in cake for breakfast. The show will come up and just hit the subscribe button. It's free for you and very meaningful for me. It supports my business. And honestly, Oprah asks her listeners to do the same thing. So I don't feel weird about it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and thank you even more for supporting the show today.